I'm inspired when I see young people singing, this is what I'm going to build my life on. I will build my life on this rock. Uh, often the people that make children's ministry and youth ministry happen don't necessarily know the impact that they're having along the way. Uh, it's a great joy to be able to look back and see, oh my goodness, that, that went in. I'm one of these adults that as a young person didn't look like I was listening, but I was listening. And I'm grateful for those people. So to Josh and Amanda and Corey and Peter and others, we are grateful for the impact that you're having. So this sunny weekend, my wife is away with friends. I'm at home with the daughters, which is fun. And I don't know how this lands in different people's houses in terms of which parent says yes more than the other. But I thought, let's go for a good weekend. What do you want to do? So yesterday we went fishing, which is a good start for me. Uh, they said for dinner we would like steak. I said, okay, I, again, I can go with this. Uh, pancakes for breakfast. I said, what about lunch? They said, bacon. I said, what do you want with the bacon? More bacon. And it kept going like that. So, so far, there's been no major injuries. I, I do use the word major, but we won't talk about minor. Uh, but it's, it's good to be family in whatever shape family looks like for you. And as a church, it's good to be family. It's good to be together. I want to look at a subject today that, in my opinion, is relevant for us but it's relevant for the whole world in this moment in time. It's quite unusual that the conversation that we're having in one part of the world could be had in every part of the world. I want to talk about where we are at, the problems that we see, and the answer that God provides. I want to talk about the subject of community. I want to look at loneliness. I want to touch on mental health. I want to recognize that none of us are exempt. This is not something that happens over here for someone else, but, but we're, we're all in this. Over the last few weeks, I've been looking at what do we need to do? As a church, we've been exploring who is Jesus and what does that mean? And now I want to look at how do we engage with that? What do we need to do? First week, I talked about believing again. And then last week, I talked about being baptized, not just in a historic sense, but that the power of baptism will continue to change us. And today... I want to say we need to be community. We need to be in community. Society has been on hold. All of humanity has been on hold. And for many of us, relationships have been on hold. And that's changed the way we think. That's changed the way we operate. It's not always good for us. I told the good news story last week that we've been successful in our challenging attempt to purchase a house. It's been two years, and normally you like to tell a story and smile and say it's all good, and I'm an optimist and I do that, but it's been hard to say anything other than it's been a terrible experience and I'm pleased it's over. But I want to listen to what is it inside of us that moves us what can we give attention to and how do we invite God into that? For me, with a house experience, what was most painful was our inability to settle and unpack. It wasn't a crazy housing market, as annoying as that was. It was the inability to settle in community. We felt strongly that God had led us and led us to a particular community. Our friends, we were making friends in the community in 
with neighbors, in the swimming pool, in clubs, in the school. And then there was this moment where it looked like we wouldn't be able to settle in that community. And the feeling of being unsettled was what was really stirring the waters. And I think that kind of connects with where we're going today. That there are things that, that work and make sense and there are other things that feel like a violation. And for me, community is one of those things. We were made to be in community. We were made to be in relationship with God and we were made to be in relationship with each other. And over the last year especially, all over the world, that's been challenged. And it's stirred us and it's unsettled us. And I want to look at this and I want to see what solutions we see. What does God do? What does God bring? A quote to bring some context that's wider than just our own. This is a quote from the Health Resource and Services Administration. And we'll read this. Loneliness and social isolation can be as damaging to health as smoking cigarettes. Two in five Americans report that they sometimes or always feel that their social relationships are not meaningful. And one in five say they feel lonely or socially isolated. The lack of connection can have threatening consequences, says Brigham Young University professor Julian Holt Lundstedt, who testified before the US Senate that the problem is structural as well as psychological. For example, the average household size in the US has declined in the past decade, leading a 10% increase in people living alone. According to the US Census Bureau, over a quarter of the US population and 28% of older adults now live by themselves. These struggles are identified in all generations. Younger generations are connecting online more, but lacking a sense of relational depth. Some good news. Friendships reduce the risk of mortality or developing certain diseases and can speed recovery in those who fall ill. Moreover, simply reaching out to lonely people can jumpstart the process of getting them to engage with neighbors and peers. Regardless of where you land on the faith spectrum, community is good for us. We're made to be in community, and I believe with God and with each other. So I want to look at how do we do this? How do we explore this? What does God provide? I believe that the answers to this problem, of which it is an epidemic problem, are found in God, in the person of God, in the story of God, and in the people of God. I believe there's some answers. So we're going to look at these now. If you've got your Bible, we're going to start. We're going to look at four short passages. I believe that these don't just speak into the problem, but give some solutions and some opportunities for application. When I look at this kind of problem in society and I pray, God, what's the answer? And we find the answer. There's a strong level of application. It isn't just, here's an answer to educate you or inform you so that you know more. What we see in these scriptures is God leaning in and saying, I want to help. I want to bring change. I want to bring ideas that will bring healing where there has been disconnection. 
So as we look at these passages, I don't want you just to be informed or educated and go home thinking, I know something now, that, that helps. I want you to engage and say, how do I put some shoes on this? What does this look like in my context, in my world? What does community look like? And let me say this as a disclaimer. The purpose, the goal, or the why of this message isn't to increase church attendance. I want to talk about community in the context of the gathered people of God, but secondary. Primarily, I want to look at the fact that we were made to be in community. What does it look like to do that well if we do it God's way? So that's where we're going. First passage, John 15, and it will appear on the screen. Where do we start? This is Jesus speaking to his followers, and he says this, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Familiar passage. Many of you are looking at this thing, and I've read this before. Let's put it back on the screen. I want to unpack it for a moment. The, the timeliness of this in today's world. Again, this is a message for the church and for the world at large. My command is this, love one another. This has been tested perhaps more in the last 12 months than we've known for many years. It is hard to love one another and it's easy to dislike and fall out with each other. It's easy to misinterpret something that's said. It's easy to fall out with someone online. It's easy to friend and unfriend at the click of a button. Love is hard. Sometimes I think that Jesus is saying something because he knows that there's going to come a time in the future where this is going to be just what you need to hear. For society at large, this is one of those times where Jesus is using the word command. He's not saying, my request, my plea, my suggestion, my hint. He's saying, my command is this. If you don't do this, you are ignoring the command of Jesus. That's quite a weighty statement. My command is this. Love each other. And look at the example. As I have loved you. This is not try and love each other a little bit more. But look at the example of Jesus' love. Which leads to the sacrifice. Where Jesus lays down himself for others. This is the blueprint for what love should look like. So in the context of what does it mean to be in community, we have to begin with love. That's where it goes. That's where it begins. Next passage, Proverbs 27, verse 17. What does it mean to be in community? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. This is what this means in the context of what does it mean to be in community. There are some clever people, and there are some people who are very multi-skilled. There are some people in life who could choose a number of career paths. But there isn't any one person who knows it all, has all the skills, all the wisdom. We weren't made that way. We were made where on our own we are lacking and we need each other. This is the story of community as designed by the Creator. When we looked at 
the house that we made the offer on two weeks ago, we liked it, but we couldn't quite work something out in terms of the configuration. You ever look at something and you get stuck? It's like you're looking at a puzzle and all the pieces are on the table. You know that it makes the right picture, but you're looking at it and you, I just can't quite see where the pieces go. And we had this moment, we had this conversation, and it was quite an interesting reflection as we left the first open house, which is quick, by the way. You've got 20 minutes to decide if you want to spend quite a chunk of change, and then off you go. And the configuration didn't make sense. And I chewed on it. And I, I can be quite strategic, so I'm looking from different angles. What if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? And I came up with four or five ideas and options. None of them worked. My wife, after a while, said, maybe you're trying to force something. And I paused, and I'm on the way to the car wash, and I sent a message to someone I know who's also strategic. Because as iron sharpens iron, one person can sharpen another. And I said, I've seen something that I can't unsee. It's stuck with me, but I can't quite see the full picture. What do you think? And sometimes the iron sharpens iron. And when we come together, community works in a way that when we're on our own, it doesn't. Next passage, John 13. This is one that's so important for us in the church. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Sounds like we've returned to the first passage. We're about love. But what Jesus is saying here is this. There are some of you who would identify as followers of Jesus, Christians. Some of you attend churches. Sadly, the church has not always represented the love of Jesus well to those outside of the church. Sometimes we've been seen as arguing with each other, sometimes about scripture, sometimes about taste, because we like this kind of music and you like this kind. And sometimes we make one group wrong to make the other group right. And Jesus is saying, if you can learn to love each other, that's the best example to those outside of the church you can ever produce. Sometimes we think if we've got the best Christian experience, the best singing and the best sermons, that will work. Jesus isn't saying that's the key to reaching those outside the church. What he's saying is your demonstration of love inside the church will speak volumes to those outside, which can be said the other way. Your poor behavior in examples of loving each other. And when I say each other, I'm not just talking about in the church, but I'm talking about other churches too. Because as Jesus sees it, there's only one church. It's his bride. How we love each other will compel some to move towards Jesus and equally has the potential to repel others away. So, community works and again by our example and then lastly Matthew 18 verse 20 and we are going to speak now in the context of what does it look like for us over the last year we moved quickly in a direction of zoom and facetime and other platforms that enabled us to stay connected. And I'm grateful for those. If we had had the challenges of the last year, 20 years ago, it would have looked very different. But there is this passage, and again, it's Jesus speaking. 
It says this, where two or three gather in my name, there I am among them. There is this simple but yet wonderfully mysterious passage. It's really short. But when, when we gather to worship, when we gather to, to listen and to learn, and when we gather in community, Jesus turns up. And I believe in individual prayer and worship and study, and I believe that we need to be doing that always. But there is something unique in when we gather together. There is something that happens that sometimes we feel, but we don't know what it is. And Jesus is saying, it's the presence of me. He makes himself present too. So I'm saying that to a room and I'm saying it to a camera and I, I, I want to probably lean more in the direction of the camera and say this. If you are able to gather, please do not be tempted to choose the comfort of the sofa instead because we miss you and because there's something unique that happens when we come together. I am aware that for some people there are reasons why they cannot gather in person. It may be because of geography and it may be because of health conditions. We never want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or put someone in a place of medical risk. But when you can gather, please do, because there's something unique that happens. And Jesus said that he turns up. So may I encourage you in that. So we were made to be in relationship with God and we were made to be in relationship with each other. I said that this is not just how do we grow church attendance, but this is a blueprint that would serve, support, enrich, and heal society. We were made to be connected in community. This week, I received a text message uh, from a, where we live. It's an apartment complex, and we've made friends. And one of the friends, who's a single parent, uh, expressed their annoyance that their daughter's bike had been damaged in the bike store. And does anybody know the email details for the office so they can report the problem? And I said, well, yeah, sure. Here's the email details, what's happened to the bike. And I'm no bike engineer. But I came back and I said, do you want me to have a look at it? And what had happened is the brake mechanism had been damaged, where it had fallen over and the springs had come out. And... That wasn't working. There was also some problems with, with some gears as well where it had been knocked over and damaged. I tend to look at the side that was working, worked out how that was working, looked at the broken side, got my toolbox, stripped it down and put it back together. And while I was there, I adjusted the gears and inflated the tires. And I did this because of what I believe about God. In Psalm 68, there's a passage where it describes God, and it says that he is a father to the fatherless. And in the context of a single parent living next door, God is a father to the fatherless. And God expresses himself through the hands and feet of people that look like you and me. And sometimes that looks like reaching for a toolbox from under a bed and fixing a neighbor's bike. Community is God's idea 
He's the father to the fatherless, and it's expressed through me and you. And moments when we engage and we appear. Not when we hide away, not when we hide away in our church bubble, but when we're present and active in community. I said before, we swim, my daughter and I swim quite often, and there is this swimming community of people, and they've all got funny characteristics. There's a guy who's on the board who's quite loud, but he's very friendly. There's another guy who looks like a weird scientist. He reminds me of Doc Emmett Brown from the Back to the Future movies, and he always swims with flippers, and he splashes every time he turns over at the end. And then there's this other guy who's a carer, and he cares for this guy called Joey, and we see them twice a week, and we've got to know these people, and we've told them about who we are, what we believe, and we've told them about Jesus. This is community. This isn't evangelism. This is just community. This is the idea that God calls us to be in community. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And that that's not to be concealed. Sometimes we as Christians have concealed that light in a church context where it was meant to shine beyond the context of the church building. But it was meant to repair our neighbor's bikes and get to know some of the quirky people at the pool and other places where you find yourself tomorrow morning. Community is God's idea. It's his invitation and we represent him. So I want to encourage you to imagine what this might look like in your context. I've said that we were made to be in relationship with God and we were made to be in relationship with each other. What would this look like in your world? And sometimes we, we look at a sermon or a series or an idea and we explore it in the context of this facility. And we pray for each other and we, we engage with it and that's good. The engagement of this isn't here, but it's probably where you'll find yourself tomorrow. So I want to encourage you to imagine your community where the people of God look like the people of God often to those outside of that group. Imagine Christian community that really is the light in the darkness. And that's big and that's pumping up tires for someone's bike. I want you to imagine, for me, when I think about this church, this community that we felt called to, that we celebrate the coming to be part of. I'm using language that don't talk about role or leadership or job or task, but talk of relationship. That's the way we were made. I want you to imagine what does it look like to be a community of Jesus followers that care for each other, where there isn't an employed person that does that, but we create a culture in community where we care for each other. A culture and community where invitations are frequent and often. Come and join us with this. Let's do this together. Let's eat together. Let's pray together. I want there to be an ease of invitation. And I want you to imagine that. And then I want us to grow. I don't want us just to be a church where we try and entertain people and give them a good experience for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. 
But I want to imagine and dream of a community where we are growing and listening and learning. And sometimes there is this clash of iron sharpening iron, but it's not bad. Because as long as we listen and as long as we love, we learn and we grow. The answer to many of the problems that we see around us are found in God. And one of them, the one that I want to put to you today, is community. That we were made to be in relationship with God and we were made to be in relationship with each other. So the action, I guess, firstly is be present. Not just moving to the next or reserving this idea for the church world, but for the very world that you live in most of the time, which for most of you is not a church world. May I encourage you to be present. May I encourage you to engage wherever you can. This is not just an extrovert idea. This is a God idea. May I encourage you to be present. May I encourage you to be the light of the world. Jesus said, you, he didn't say, I am the light of the world, even though he, he is. He's the light of the world, and when we receive him, we become the light of the world in that we display the light of Jesus. Don't hide that. Don't put it under a bowl. Don't conceal it. May I encourage you this week to be present in your community. And then for us as a church, as we have more opportunity over coming weeks to gather, may I encourage you to be present in this community. We love you. We miss you. We can't do this on our own. We need each other. Let's pray. Why don't we stand? Today is a day when the church calendar celebrates an event called Pentecost. Pentecost was the beginning of the new church community. The Jesus who said, when two or three gather, I'm there among them, encouraged the followers of Jesus to gather. And he said, there's going to be a moment where the Spirit of God, the person of God is going to come. It's going to be sent from the Father. Jesus is going to heaven. He's going to send the person, the Holy Spirit. And it's going to fill you, not just to give you a better Christian experience, but so that you would be filled to live life to the fullness. And that would be a witness to those outside of the church, but it would enrich all aspects of your life, all of your community that you live in. This is the beginning of the new church community. I'm going to pray as we leave. We're not going to end with a song. I'm going to pray for us now. I'm going to pray that as we leave, we would once again be a community of people, broken, needing each other, flawed, but yet not left like that, filled in such a way that it changes us, that it builds the best version of church community, and that it moves beyond the church to enrich your community. So let's pray. And if you're comfortable, uh, this is not just a 
religious thing that we do. But if you're comfortable, let's open our, our hands and our hearts and our minds and say, Lord, we know that in a world that's got so many problems, you have all of the answers. Father, fill us, I pray. Holy Spirit, as you filled that community all those years ago, Lord, fill this community again, we pray. Lord, fill us, not just so that we would live a better Christian lifestyle, but so that the power of the Spirit of God would change us and the community around us. Lord, fill us afresh, we pray. And may the evidence of that change us on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Yes, we want Holy Spirit moments in our church gatherings. Yes, we want the presence of Jesus. But Lord, I pray that the story of Jesus would change the community that we live in seven days a week, not just Sunday mornings. Fill us, change us, and fuel us on the week ahead. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us here and online. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great week.